1: Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please
2: welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam.
0: Welcome in. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. My name is Patrick Allen. I'm joined as always by my co-host, football genius Matt Verderam. Matt, it's a couple of days before the holidays. How are you doing today?
2: Great, great. Looking forward to uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas and uh, watching my daughter run down the stairs approximately, I don't know, 400 miles an hour to the tree so she can open up everything um, and then fixate on one of the empty boxes and turn that into the, her favorite toy. So, uh, no, how, be,
0: be how old is your daughter now? Uh,
2: she's three and like three
0: months, three and change. Oh, that's awesome. So now she's getting to that age where like, she can really kind of, she's like understanding Christmas and what's going on and like the excitement,
2: you know, she's very aware. (laughs) Yes. This is definitely the first Christmas. She's really in tune to what's going on. So she knows there's going to be gifts. She's excited. Uh, My parents were here for the last week. Um, And uh, then we're going to see uh, my wife's family. I swear the the quarantining has been, I I don't think anybody in either side of my family has left their house in three weeks, I it's been, I, I gotta give it to everybody involved who's been able to pull us off, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice at least it's paying off all we'll be seeing each other, but it's been uh quite the effort.
0: So, are you gonna do the whole thing for her? Like, uh, you know, put out the cookies and milk and then like, and then you get to eat the cookies when she goes to bed. Are you doing that whole thing?
2: I don't know if we're doing the cookies and milk thing, but we'll put out. I mean, look, there's gonna be water stocking stuffed and what, which is her by the way, the thing she's most excited about is the candy. Um, so we'll do that. We'll have all the gifts under the tree, obviously. And, um, you know, so she's, she's, she's mostly about the candy in the stocking or she calls it the hanging socks. And then, uh, and then she's just going to tear into every gift that she has. So it's going to be a lot of Disney stuff. She'll be, she'll be pumped up.
0: I, I remember being a kid and like my parents would, do, they put the cookies and milk out and they would do this fun little thing where like, you know, my dad would eat the cookies, but like there, he would leave like a little bit of the cookie, you know, like a couple bites got taken out of it and the crumbs were there. And I just remember my mind being blown. I was like, oh my God, Santa was in our kitchen. You know, like I was so excited by that. That whole idea it was, uh, it's pretty wild. It's So much fun. The, the, um, the other one that like the, the, one I caught on to fairly early on though was the tooth fairy because my parents would always forget to put the money under my pillow like when i was really young they'd do this cool thing where they would put uh they'd get like half dollars and put those under my pillow so it was like something you weren't used to seeing and it was like oh it's special it's the tooth fairy but you know i like once i got a little bit wise to it i'd come down and tell my parents i'd be like hey tooth fairy didn't show up last night yeah and you know what i started doing this is actually kind of i guess it's kind of gross i don't know but it's kind of hilarious my mom had this like China cabinet and she had this like porcelain cat, like, and it, it was a, it was a container, you know, like you could lift up the cat and there was like a little bowl in there. You put the cat on top. So I started getting pissed off because I knew that the tooth fairy wasn't real, but I felt like I was owed money. So I started, <laughs> I would put, if they missed it a couple of nights in a row, I put the tooth in that thing. And I like, at one point I had like six, seven teeth in there. I was like, you guys owe me like 20 bucks. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I ever got paid back for that. I'm going to have to take that up with uh, the rents.
2: That's, uh, that's an aggressive move, but I mean, hell, what, why not? If you need money and you're, you know, at that point you're in, in your life, you need money. So whatever it takes to get paid. Capitalism, man.
0: Capitalism. Uh, what's, <laughs> so what is your, uh, what's your favorite? Do you have like a favorite holiday tradition that, that your family did when you were growing up?
2: You know what? This is off the recording this on the 23rd. I mean, I, well, I'll be brief. There's two of them. One, one is a, day, a thing that I think just me and my family do, or my family and I do. Um, my buddy, my my best friend, Mike Condon back home, um, we both love Christmas. And so we're like, you know what sucks, though? Like, you're always stuck seeing, like, relatives you don't even like. Like, it would be so much better if you just got to enjoy it with people you actually enjoy seeing. So we created Christmas Eve Eve, which is, of course, the 23rd. And the whole point was the only people that get invited are your immediate family and friends, because those are the only people you actually want to see. And everybody had to bring something to the table, literally. Like, you had to make a dish. You couldn't go out and buy it from the store. You had to make it. And uh, we've done that every year for the last 11 years. And this is the first time we're not doing it because of COVID. Um, So that blows, and I'm pissed. but. That's definitely my favorite. When I was a little kid, we used to go to my mom's side of the family, my uncle Hank's, which is cool. It has a nice house in Jersey, big pool table downstairs. Uncle Tom that, Hank's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that always ended in in uh, in it was it was a lot of fun. And then we did grab bag, which is like whatever you want to call it. The, what is it like the white? Some people call it like the white elephant or whatever that right, kind of a yeah. game. Always ended in screaming and someone storming out of the house. Good memories. Good memories.
0: It's great. Uh, All right, let's talk a little Chiefs. Let's start with Clyde Edwards-Elair. So if you listened to our last podcast, we were in a little bit of a panic, didn't know what was going on with Clyde. I was worried maybe he had torn his groin. Thankfully, the day after the game it came out that it's not a serious injury. It's not a Great injury, but it's not a serious injury. If this had happened earlier in the season, it would just be a, a few games absence for Clyde. So it turns out he had a high ankle sprain, the dreaded high ankle sprain, and the uh, a hip strain. Now, hip strain should be okay; that should heal up all right uh, if it's not too serious. The high ankle ankle sprain, if you're not familiar, it's just a little bit different. Normally, you know, guys go out and play on sprained ankles all the time, linemen especially, but. The high ankle sprain is a little bit different. It heals a little bit slower. It's painful. It can keep guys out for a number of weeks. So Clyde is supposed to miss the rest of the season. There's only two games to go, obviously. But there's the potential that he could come back for a playoff game or two. Berterim, have you heard anything on this particular high ankle sprain with Clyde?
2: No, all I can add to it is I I talked to a, a source after the game on Sunday. They were more worried about his groin going into the MRI. So they were really pleased that his groin is, is okay. Uh, they thought maybe, you know, there could have been a tear in the groin muscle. There's not. Um, as far as the ankle, I mean, I've heard the same thing that's been reported, which is, that look, he's not going to play in the regular season. They don't, they don't need him for the last two games. The hope is that he's back come the divisional round. I mean, that, you know, it's a month, essentially. So is it possible? Yeah. You know, sometimes you see guys miss a couple weeks with a high ankle sprain. Sometimes it's six. Um, if he misses four, which is right in the middle, then, then he's got a shot to play in that divisional round. But they're confident in Le'Veon Bell in the meantime. But yeah, the, the hope is uh, that they can get him back for uh, the divisional round. And I think it's a very real possibility.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs are going to benefit here from obviously this happening now as opposed to this week, right? He's already got a few days to heal up. And they're almost certainly going to get the bye. They haven't clinched it yet. But um, so you're looking at this week, next week, right? Then you've got the bye week. And then another week you're going into the the actual game there. So even if he misses the divisional round, there's a very good chance he could be good to go for the AFC championship game, which is when I think you'd want to trot him out.
2: Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, anything's possible The further they go down the line, the better chance they have of getting them back. Of course, um, they got to get to the AC championship game, but I think we all believe they, they will, and they should. So yeah, look, you know, if they can get them back for the division round, they'll do it. Uh, but they have confidence in Bell. Bell's played well when he's been in there. Is he Clyde? I, I don't know that I'd say that he is, but I think he's been good. Um, and they brought him in for this reason. They, they brought Le'Veon Bell here to play in these games and to, and to be there in case they needed him. Well, they need him. Um, look, the other part of this is, too, they haven't technically clinched the one seed, but they're, they're the one seed. I mean, they, they, they do not even need to win another game and barring an unbelievable confluence of events around the league, the Chiefs are going to be the one seed. So I would expect to see a little more Darwin Thompson, a little more Daryl Williams. Yeah, the Chiefs are going to be careful, and they should be at this point. This is about winning the Super Bowl. It's not about uh, maximizing every single play here over the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, and if you, if you heard Andy Reid talking this week in his media availability, he talked a lot about Le'Veon Bell and Le'Veon Bell being comfortable with the protection scheme, and that's really important. And that's why uh, last week you were seeing – a lot of Daryl Williams coming into the game more than likely was because Daryl Williams has been with the team Andy trusts them. He knows the protection scheme. So if you're getting into some third and longs and you're not thinking you're going to do a screen pass, Daryl was probably the guy you want in there, but Andy did say he felt like Le'Veon was was coming around. He had picked up most of the blocking schemes and was getting more comfortable. Obviously Andy's got a really complicated offense. And so that's a big part of, of getting on the field is, is earning the trust of your head coach, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Listen, you know what? I think for the Chiefs, like I said, I mean, really these next two weeks, it's genuinely about just, okay, how are we going to work on some things to get ready for the playoffs? That's, that's all this is about. And with Le'Veon Bell, it's maybe introducing him to some different packages he hasn't played in yet, Um I would expect defensively. If on Steve Spagnolo, I'd do a lot of things these next couple of weeks. I'd do some experimental stuff. How do we play in this this setting? How do we do with this scheme? How do we do with this alignment? Uh, you know, why not? Why not? You have nothing to lose. So, um, I do think that's true though, and and that's true of like I, I'll tell you right now, and I, I swear I'm going to die on this hill. I might actually die on it. Like these next two weeks, play Willie Gay every snap. Why not play him? Play McCall Hardman every snap. Like, There's no reason not to. Now you want to argue, look, we really want to win the Falcons game because then there's no way that any craziness can happen. Fine. The reality is the Bills literally need like 20 exact outcomes to break their way, including a bunch of ridiculous upsets uh, for them to win the strength of victory tiebreaker, which is the only way the Chiefs can't get the number one seed. But if I'm the Chiefs, yeah. Look, I'm giving a lot of guys a lot of looks uh, that maybe haven't gotten them to this point. Maybe because they're nervous about their their role being expanded, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. But I, I'd like to see that personally. And Bell is a guy who he's a veteran, but yeah. Look, you know, see what he can do in some packages he hasn't played in yet.
0: All right, we're gonna take our first break, and on the other side, we've got some listener reviews, and we will preview the Falcons game. All right, we are back. All right, everyone, let's get into some listener reviews here. We got a couple. As always, folks, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review over there. It means a lot to us, really helps out the show. And you can ask us a question in those written reviews. Please leave us five stars and uh, ask us that question and we'll answer it on the podcast. So I've got two. This one doesn't have a question, but it's really interesting. It's maybe one of the finest reviews we've ever had. And I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to read the whole thing. So this one came from Stock Homeless. On December 19th, uh, they said, uh, niche content for Chicago peanut butter and chocolate fans. It's one of my favorite reviews ever. I'm a fan of this podcast for a few reasons. Number one, as a huge fan of peanut butter and chocolate as my favorite combo, I appreciate how often the subject randomly, oddly, seems to come up in the pre-chief's commentary banter. Number two, as a recent transplant to Chicago, that's where Matt and I live, and a native Kansas Cityan and therefore diehard, lifelong, rabid cheese fan. I appreciate the niche Chicago content. As a recent reco for chocolate peanut butter pie on the north side of Chicago, uh, plays together with a couple of my interests. And number three, this is very fascinating. Number three, and last, my husband thinks one of the guys sounds exactly like Christian Bale and Batman. So if you're into peanut butter and chocolate, niche Chicago content, and Christian Bale. This is the podcast for you. So I immediately asked my wife, hey, who do you think she's talking about? Is it Vertram or is it me? Now, I've got a much higher voice than you. So yeah. and you have a very low voice. You can get a little gravelly. My wife, Mag, said, absolutely, it's Vertram, a thousand percent. And I'm okay with that if, if the result is you sound like Christian Bale and I look like Christian Bale. <laughs> I'm okay with that that arrangement. Um so what I was thinking, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get you to play along with this. We should each do our best Batman saying where's the Joker from Christian Bale and then we'll let the audience decide and tell us who did the best Christian Bale impression. You you, you going to go on this journey with me?
2: I mean I will, but I'm going to tell you straight up, I literally don't even know who he is. Christian Bale? You didn't I, watch I've watched like, like, the, like five movies in the last like 20 years. I have no time. I, all I do is watch the NFL. So I <laughs> you haven't watched, but you didn't watch the Batman movies. No. Like the the, the
0: Dark Knight. No. Mother of God. They're no. good, man. They're That's really it. good. I love the
2: review and I appreciate it, but I, I'm not saying they're not good. I I love Batman as a kid. I just never, you know, look, man, there's, there's 256 NFL regular season games. Okay. I, I know you're a busy I'm, man, but there's a summer. I'm very, very busy, and on top of that, I got a three-year-old. If I if I look away for five seconds, the house is on fire. So, <laughs> like, I don't have time to sit out and watch The Dark Knight Rises for the 80th time. Yeah, I, I I can't.
0: All right. Well, listen. I'm going to say, "Where's the Joker?" I've seen the movie. You can just imitate me or say it however you want. Sure. Since you haven't seen the movie, uh, and we'll let the we'll let the listeners decide who's who's the best bail. Okay. <clears throat> where's the joker now see i think that's pretty goddamn good like p- people have seen the movie
2: You have an i might not sound like bale <laughs>
0: all the time but i think i sounded like batman right there all right Verterim, take it away
2: where's the joker
0: <laughs> that's that's like that's brooklyn batman
2: i was about to say i could even <laughs> hear it when i said it and i don't normally hear my own accent but yeah that is where's the joker i'm in flatbush Give me directions. <laughs> yeah, right,
0: right. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. All right. You guys let us know. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Tell us who sounds more like Christian Bale. Um, I feel
2: like, I, I, feel like I, I sound more and maybe even look more like Joe Pesci, but I'll, I'll take
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I, you, gotta, you, get, you get a little bit of Joe Pesci. You're, you're, you're much better looking. I think you're taller, much taller.
2: I am much taller, yeah. He's probably about four, <laughs> and I'm 6'2", so I got him, I got him beat there
0: thank you for that review that was awesome uh all right and, and and we got it our boy clint's back mission implausible he says patrick and matt produced the best chief centric podcast of them all zero di- discussion will be brooked i did not know this word brooked uh and my wife who is a writer and is brilliant also did not know this term so i think i think clint's pretty smart here we looked it up it basically means like no argument will be had uh so thank you you're, you're too kind um predictably i have a question for both patrick and matt if you both were suddenly granted elite athletic ability i mean i don't know why you don't think we both are already elite athletes but hey, listen clint, we'll, we'll, i played we'll, in high
2: school okay
0: yeah, i, was, I ran cross country I was I was, yeah it was very average um which positions would you want to play for the chiefs and you cannot say quarterback i oh, thank God. you both for your fine work and wish you the happiest and healthiest and most blessed holidays clint all right verdor you so you can't be quarterback what do you want to be
2: Look, I'm 6'2. I'm 208 pounds. Okay. I used to be 240 pounds. I, that would have been, I, I could have been maybe a, a, a run plugging linebacker. Now I'm, I'm undersized. Uh, I can't run, but I have elite, elite athletic ability. Uh, I, you know what, man? I'd want to be a safety. I'd want to just come down and just absolutely hit somebody into next month. That would be awesome. I, you know, my initial inclination was receiver. but I was like, ah, I got to get cracked all the time. I'm not that. I want to play safety. It's a cerebral position. You got to read the keys and make a play quick. I'd like to do that. I'd like to be uh, for the old chief, older chief fans out there. I'd like to be like the Duran Cherry of the, of the team or for the younger group, the Eric Berry and just come down to the box and just really lay the wood.
0: I love it. Um, so I'm 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 six one, about two oh three, working my way down, aiming aiming for that under two hundred pounds. I'm getting close, Ferdinand. Get Getting line. <laughs> yeah, I'll meet you there. Um, okay, yeah. so six one, about two hundred pounds. <sighs> uh, I've got I've got athlete, elite athletic ability, so I'm going to go ahead and ins- assume that I'm also not. I don't have the 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 scrawny arms that I currently have now. Um, that, that, that goes along with my athletic ability that I have some strength. Six one. I, I think playing tight end would be a lot of fun because you get to do, you get to block and be, you know, do some team player, but you also get a a little bit of glory. So I'm going to go with tight end. I know it would be better if I was a little bit taller. Um, but I think if I had elite athletic ability, I'd, I'd have fun, uh, going across the middle, getting lit up and, uh, trying to pancake some guys. Helps bring okay. uh helps bring a Le'Veon. Okay. Fair enough. I don't want to be a running back, too, too short a career. See, tight end you could kill. play for a you could play for a long time.
2: You I'll put this out there, there and the I answer this paychecks. part of Clint's question, but then we'll we'll talk Chiefs Falcons. So I know there's probably a million people out there like, come on, let's go, let's get to the game. <laughs> right. Um I don't think people understand if they, and I I don't mean this is a slam, I just I don't think people understand like how hard these guys hit at the NFL level. I know I didn't until I was on the field once for a game. I was actually in college. I was working for ESPN. It's like a, a, basically a runner on Monday Night Football. And I was on the sideline for Bills-Cowboys on the night game. We're talking 15 years ago. Marshawn Lynch was on the on the Bills. And I'll never forget it, man. He ran toward the Cowboys' side on which is where I was standing, way back behind the players. Brady James was a linebacker for the Cowboys. Pretty good player. Hit. Marshawn Lynch, I thought he killed him. It sounded like a bomb went off. It was the loudest sound I've ever heard on a football field. And Marshawn Lynch immediately popped up and was like, "You're nothing. You're trash." And like walked back to the huddle. And I was like, "If he hit me like that, I'd be dead." They would just pull the curtain yeah. around me, shoot me, and just take me off That's the field. Break, and it, break your it was hand. incredible. Yeah. And there must have been fifty hits like that. Again, okay, nobody got it was fine. Everybody just got up, went back to the huddle. It, I, I don't like it's. When that play happened, I remember thinking like, yeah, no wonder these guys play for three years and they're done. Yeah. Like, and they're and they're packed with muscle. I mean, can right. you imagine? Did
0: you see that clip that was floating around on Twitter from the ref cam? It was just like a run up the middle.
2: And yes. yeah.
0: I was I I'm at home and I was like a little bit unnerved because we're used to looking at these guys from up in the stands or you know, the cameras above them. When you see that, like, like a normal, like, the ref's a normal human being, right? A normal sized person, maybe you know, five ten, six foot tall, whatever. And you see this clip, the NFL players look like superheroes. They look like the monsters running through there. Everybody looks enormous because they are. And we don't, we forget that, man. Like we're fans, like we forget how huge these guys are. If you're not in the locker room, and you see them running through the hole, and I was imagining myself like. They're, at some point they're going to be able to do a VR experience where they they put a they, they put a camera on the ref you know 360 degrees and you put the Oculus whatever on and like you'll really yeah. see what it would be like to be an NFL really. safety
2: or a linebacker. You might. When I was at guess. the Super Bowl, when I was at the Super Bowl last year, I remember being surprised when I was interviewing. I interviewed Kelsey, and he's huge, but that wasn't surprising. But then I interviewed Mahomes, and they were standing right next to each other, and I was like. Mahomes is almost as big as Travis Kelsey in person, like not quite, but reasonably close. Like not like wasn't that far off. And you know, I thought I remember thinking the same thing years ago about Brady. Like Brady's a big dude in person. You know, he's six four, whatever he is, like two hundred some odd pounds. Like, and what you don't think about? These guys are chiseled. They're I mean they're just there's not an ounce. Of, like I remember at one point I was interviewing Anthony Sherman, who's huge. And this guy st- walked up in the stand and right. I mean, like literally rubbing shoulders at me. And I just thought it was another media member. So I wasn't paying attention. I'm talking. And all of a sudden I look over it's Tyree kill. And he was like playing a joke on Anthony Sherman. And he ended up coming in and I actually got a great video of it. But the point is Tyree kill. Like people talk about him. Like he's really diminutive. Tyree kill is, a, I would not want to have to tackle Tyree kill. Let's put it that way. So the big dude, like I don't care that he's five nine, whatever. Yeah, like I'm taller than Tyree Kill is, but Tyree Kill is a, probably 190 pounds and literally three percent body fat. But you look at him, and you're like, yeah, I'm not like, getting in the way of that coming 20 some odd miles an hour. Have fun. You
0: see him working out uh, in the off season and stuff at Clips, and he's got no shirt on. It. Dude's just—he's a Ferrari. He's absolutely yeah, incredible. He—he's like a perfectly—he is perfectly engineered to to do what he does for a living. All right, let's get into this game. Chiefs thirteen and one. (laughs) I still have Saints written down here in my outline. I didn't change it, Uh, but I got the record right. It's the Falcons, Um, and the Falcons, my friends, are four and ten. So it's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a ten and a half point favorite in this game. They're going to be at home. The over under is fifty four. So let me give you the primer really quick. The Falcons they lost five straight games to start the season. They beat the Vikings, they beat the Panthers, the Broncos, and the Raiders. They notably beat the Raiders forty-three to six. Derek Carr just decided to take that game off. They lost to the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Packers, the Panthers, the Lions, the Saints twice, the Chargers, and the Bucks. They've lost their last two games. Interestingly, they have a plus two point differential, but a lot of that's because they they beat the uh, the Raiders forty-three to six, which that helps that helps out. A little bit. Yeah. Well, um,
2: go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, no. I was just going to ramble on. See what you did today.
2: No. I mean, Atlanta is the, just the absolute biggest choke artist in the NFL. That's why their point differential is not that crazy because they get up in these games and they just blow it. They fall apart. You know, last week they were up 17 nothing at half, 24-7 in the third quarter, and there was really never any doubt they were going to lose. And they they came through in flying colors, uh, with flying colors. They they just find ways to lose games in comically impossible fashion. Um, that said, look, they have some talent offensively. Defensively, they're a disaster. They're defi- we'll get into more of that. But offensively, they do have some guys. Now, Julio Jones hasn't played in a little bit. Does he play this week? Don't know. We'll find out uh, here as the week progresses. But uh, they they have not been a successful team. Obviously, they fired their coach Dan Quinn earlier this year. Raheem Morris is the uh, is the interim. So it's been it's been a rough year for the Falcons.
0: I got to tell you, it, it, our our friend Doug Ferrara was, was talking on on Twitter, and he said he was a little bit worried about this game. It could be a funky game for the Chiefs. And, and our other pal Seth Kaiser over at the Athletic, he weighed in as well, saying, "Yeah, you know, I, I had been worried about this game too." As we were kind of coming into the week, because, you know, Matt Ryan, he's a good quarterback, not playing lights out or anything, but still, you know, above average play from him for the most part right now. And he's played in a Super Bowl, long been a good quarterback. And, and as you mentioned, some explosive weapons on offense. And oh, well, maybe this team could give the Chiefs problems. It's, it's a team with talent, right? But their record doesn't reflect that talent. So I'm preparing for the podcast. I dive in a little bit more. I haven't paid a ton of attention to the Falcons this year. I actually think the Chiefs are going to kill them, as long so as why. they don't, as long as they don't hurt themselves. Um, so the, the Chiefs rank number one in total yards. The Falcons rank 11th. Okay, we're playing a good offensive team. Points per game, Chiefs are number two, 31 points per game. Falcons are 15th, 25. All right, but here's where I think the advantage goes towards the Chiefs. The Falcons can't run the ball. They're the 28th ranked rushing offense in the NFL. Chiefs are ranked 14th but the Chiefs aren't going to be running in this game because the uh the Chiefs are the number 1 passing offense in the NFL. Okay? So, I think the the, the Chiefs are going to I think that the Chiefs are going to go against this this Falcons pass defense which is 28th in the NFL. They they give up an average of 392 passing yards per game. So, you got the number one passing offense in the league going up against the number 28th ranked passing defense in the league. So, I think Mahomes is just going to chew these guys up. The Chiefs don't need to run the ball very much. And the Falcons, on the, on the flip side of that, they can't run the ball. 28th ranked rush offense. They're going up against the Chiefs, who we know they're best at defending the pass. Their, their, their rushing defense isn't great, it's middle of the pack, but they're very good at defending the pass. So uh, Chiefs are the 11th ranked pass defense. Is that how you see this going? Like the Chiefs just come out slinging the ball over the place against Atlanta and then try to force Atlanta to throw to keep up?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Look, Atlanta's defense against the pass is an atrocity. Okay, so for starters – They're the second worst defense in football in yards per play allowed, 6.1. They're tied with Detroit and Houston, not great company. Um, If you're wondering, Kansas City is smack dab in the middle at 5.6, tied with like Green Bay, Seattle, Cleveland, Buffalo. Um, Here's where the Falcons lose this game yards after catch allowed. Houston, worst in the lead, 2019 yards against yards, yards after catch. Guess who's second? Atlanta, 1,910. You know what the Chiefs love to do? Get the ball in the hands of the fastest people on earth and let them run. Good luck with that. Then you'd say to yourself, well, maybe they don't give up the big play in the air. Nope. They're third worst in air yards allowed, 2,410. And they are second worst in yards passing allowed overall, over 4,000 yards passing against the Seahawks are the only team that is worse have given up uh, 74 more yards from doing the quick math in my head correctly. But the Seahawks have also faced uh, 60 more, 55 more pass attempts. Atlanta, by almost any metric, is the worst pass defense in football. They are worse than the Jets. They are worse than Jacksonville. They are, by a mile, the worst. So to me, I look at this and go, g- good luck. They can't cover the Chiefs. Their pressure rate is is decent. They're not bad there. They actually have a better pressure rate than Kansas City. They're eleventh. Kansas City's fourteenth, which is a, a sinking ship at this point with the Chiefs. Um, the, the sack totals. I mean, Atlanta's something like twentieth, I believe. Uh, they, they're not. They don't get home a ton. In fact, they are twentieth. They have twenty eight sacks. Kansas City, if you're worried, twenty uh, second and twenty five. Th- they just can't get to them. Like ultimately I just look at this game and it's like, yeah, okay. Well, how's Atlanta going to stop them? I don't think they're gonna, like that's the whole thing. And by the way, while we're on this topic, because I just want to mention this real quick. One thing that I have noticed because I've been banging on the chiefs defense for a while now. The chiefs are getting better against the run. They only ranked 23rd in yards per attempt. They were like 30th forever. And in the past, Since the the first Denver game, and I want to give credit to a couple of great analysts out there. Craig Stout, who does a lot of work over at Arrowhead Pride, who's excellent. He's a great follow on Twitter. Nate Christensen, uh, who's also on Twitter, I I believe writes over at Arrowhead Guys. They've done the breakdowns. The Kansas City, since that first Denver game, when they're in their base or nickel defense, they're the best run defense in the NFL. The Chiefs have done a really good job, and I think that's going to matter if they play a team like Tennessee in the playoffs. Atlanta is okay against the run they're 18, so it's not like they're so good against that that the only way you can beat them is throwing the ball. but I just look at this game and it's like, okay, so who the hell is guarding Hill and Watkins and Hardeman and Kelsey? It's just Atlanta's gonna have to score 40 points to win this game and I I would be just floored. I really would. I think there's a game where they, Ryans just gonna have to drop back and throw like crazy. And I I do not think that's a recipe for them to to win. Even though he is a good player, he has not been good the last six weeks of the year.
0: And I want to correct something I said earlier. I said that the Falcons ranked twenty eighth in pass defense. That's incorrect. They're they're twenty eighth in yards allowed. Uh, they rank thirty first in passing yards allowed. So they, they stink. stink. Yeah. They um, stink. All right. I've got Here's to take our time. last. <laughs> i got to take our last break, uh, and we'll uh, we'll be back in just a minute. We'll keep previewing this game. All right. We are back. Let's talk a little more Chiefs Falcons. So we've already talked about the mismatch here. Chiefs are the best team at throwing the ball and the Falcons are pretty much the worst at defending the pass. As far as the rushing yards allowed per game, the Falcons are actually pretty good there. They only give up 104 yards per game. So they rank ninth. The Chiefs rank 21st, as you, as you mentioned, they're giving up 123 yards per game. But the Falcons can't run the ball, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. They're, they're 28th in rushing yards per game. That's why I think this game is just like a, a, a great cauldron of like a, just a bad matchup for Atlanta, right? Like The chiefs The chiefs struggle against balanced teams. If you can run the ball and you can throw the ball, that's a problem for Kansas City because you can milk the clock. If you're bad on defense, you don't have time to run the ball against Kansas City. So this is a right. game, I think, for me. It's just, the Chiefs just can't shoot themselves in the foot. They can't turn the ball over. They can't have these weird drives where they, they're, they're going to move the ball. They're going to move the ball just like they did against like Miami. But they just can't have a Miami-type game where they, a bunch of funky things happen or they miss a field goal or something. If they get in the red zone and they score touchdowns, this is over. And frankly, I think it's to their advantage. Get up early on Atlanta, who already can't really run the ball. Get up 14 points, 17 points and then make Matt Ryan drop back, and then you can just have your pass rushers tee off
2: and let, let your secondary do its thing, right? Yeah. I mean, look, this is another part about Atlanta. So they rank offensively. They rank 20th in sack rate, which means the percentage of times out of, you know, like if you take 100 times, how many times does, does Ryan get sacked? Um, they're 20th in that. twentieth. So they're not, they're not great up front. They don't pass protect particularly well. They've given up 36 sacks, which is tied with Dallas as the 11th most in the NFL. Their rushing attack is the worst in football. They average 3.7 yards in attempt. They're tied with Pittsburgh, dead last. Um, yards per attempt, they rank 14th. They're just not—they're not good. Like there's a reason they're four and ten. They're—they're they're awful defensively, awful. And on offense. You look at them and you're like, all right. I mean, they're average throwing the football. They're, they're below average protecting Ryan. They can't run. And if you're Spagnuolo in this game, you're like, look, I'm not letting you beat me on the outside. And Dove Coleman, who's another great fellow on Twitter and a good guy, um, he had a stat this morning I thought was interesting. Guess what defense has given up the fewest receptions to wide receivers? Kansas City. Which is amazing when you consider how often the Chiefs are leading and teams are just throwing the ball against them. That's an incredible stat. But they have really good corners. Like The one thing about the Chiefs' defense is they can play against the pass. They're not great getting a the rush. They're average against the, you know, in terms of getting a pass rush. But the Chiefs are very good, very good on the corners. Breeland's excellent, Sneed's excellent. Ward's good Fenton's the most underrated corner in the league, in my opinion. And I mean that genuinely. Rashad Fenton is a tremendous slot corner. they've got They've got a bunch of good players back in the back end, of course, they've got Tyron Matthew. Thornhills played better over the last month. Uh, you know, and, and Sorensen is, is as steady as he come. So this is just look, I get it any given Sunday, all that stuff. this is a rough spot for Atlanta. It really is. Like, in, you know, you'll look at the, the stats here. So Calvin Ridley's excellent. 77 catches, 12, uh, oh, basically 1,200 yards receiving, 1,192. Nine touchdowns. He's really, really good. Julio Jones has only played nine games and has 770 yards. It tells you how good he is, but will he play this week? We don't know. Didn't play last week. They don't have anybody else who really scares you. Hayden Hurst is their best tight end. 496 yards. Okay. none of their, None of their running backs catch the ball. Um they're just like they're they're fine offensively, they're middle of the road, but they're awful defensively. And in this game, Kansas City's gonna score, and it's just gonna be one of these things where Ryan's gonna have to go toe to toe with Mahomes. Good luck. Right. Good luck. I do not see any way that happens. There's another element
0: I want to talk about here. It's look, it's week sixteen, and the Falcons are four and ten. So we saw last week that we saw last week that the Jets won a game they they had no business winning, right? But those guys are trying to avoid going. Um, they were trying to avoid going zero yes. and sixteen. Yes, and we'll talk about. The, I want to talk about this game later. But the Cincinnati Bengals, who have absolutely nothing to play for, other than the fact that they hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, came out and put a whooping on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I really think that that has more to do with it being a rivalry game. Then the Bengals, like, you why know, would's just finish the season strong, right? Like, their quarterbacks injured. A team like the Falcons going into a game like this, Verdoran, do you think that they're like something happens at the end of the year sometimes where there's all these like fluky games and either a team that has no business beating somebody ends up beating them, or you get into these these games where the, the, the bad teams have just completely given up, that they're making their, their they've got their tea times all set up for the off-season. That's what they're thinking about. And I feel like you also get a bunch of guys place making business decisions. Are they coming up for free agency? They're not, they're not worried about playing team ball. Can I get the sack? I don't care if I have to blow my assignment. Where do you think the Falcons are right now?
2: Uh, so here, here's the problem for the Falcons. It's an older team in a lot of spots. Matt Ryan doesn't have to prove anything. Julio Jones, what does he have to prove? He's ridiculously well taken care of Like I I don't know. And and, and by the way, I'm not saying Julio Jones is going to lay down, but I'm saying like, if he's 50, 50 for a game, like what's the point? If you're the Falcons, what's the point of putting Julio Jones out there? Right. Like, I I don't know that there is one. Um, You have no head coach, right? Yeah. Right. Like you're going to, you know, the staff knows a cleaning house at the end of the year. You know, I, I just, I don't know. Like, like Jones right now, if you don't know, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury missed last week. You know, like you know, according to Ian Rappaport, he needed a, a plasma injection for it. Like, if, if you're Julio Jones, you're really, you're flying out there to get out there in a, in a game where you're outside in the cold against a team you know that's probably going to beat you. You want to play that game? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, look, there's personal pride for sure. I've always felt like if you're a good team, when the schedule comes out, you would rather see the teams that you think are going to be bad later in the year. Because early in the year, no matter what, even if you're hopeless, everybody thinks they're good. Everybody thinks there's hope. Everybody thinks they can get to 10 and 6 and make the playoffs. When you get to this point in the year, bad teams, they're, they're checked out in most cases, especially ones that are veteran teams like the Falcons. It doesn't matter. you know. It's, it's a situation, too, where it's like if you got guys who are kind of banged up, you're not going to play them. You'd rather see the young guys. You know, I, you don't get that in the early part of the year. You know, teams are still trying to right the ship and make a push. Look, I don't think Atlanta is just going to tank and lay down, but Atlanta is just not good. I, I just see this as a game where the Chiefs get up early and it's just like, eh, the hell with it. Just go home. I And if you're the Chiefs, think about how motivated you are to get a week off of work, right? Right. Like, They all know if they win this game, there's no other crazy wild scenario that could possibly play out that they don't get a one seed. They get it. They will, I'm sure, not play against the Chargers. If they do, it'll be very, very limited action. Then they get a bye and then a playoff game. They'll be off for three weeks. Like If if you're the Chiefs, you're like, man, we're going to lay it on Atlanta. Get the hell out of here and then not have to worry about next week. Hey, Chad Henney, you're up. Good luck. We don't care. We lose. What does it matter? So I think there's a lot of motivation for the chiefs and there's none for Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I agree. And in this game, you want to see the chiefs just take care of business. You do not want some fluky thing where they lose and then they got to go and play the chargers and the chargers. Look, man, the chargers are, (laughs) I don't know why they can't win. It's coaching. I guess they've got a, a great young quarterback He's going to challenge you. Austin Eckler's back in the fold. That defense knows how to get after the Chiefs. You just do not want to play the Chargers if you don't have to in a game that means anything. Are the Chiefs better than the Chargers? Of course, but like you, you don't want Travis Kelsey getting hurt playing the stupid Chargers because you couldn't be right. a four and ten Atlanta Falcons team because you
2: couldn't you couldn't focus right. Hey, m- remember last year? They played the Chargers last year. It was not an easy game, and Thornhill blew his knee out in that game. Now, they Great had point. to play it. I mean, the Chiefs had won over and over. I'm not saying anything negative against Kansas City. They had to play in the game, but I'm just saying you avoid that. You avoid that scenario. Okay. Now, look, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he could have gotten knocked out for the year. I think most of us thought he was when that play happened in New Orleans. Now, now again, the Chiefs had to play that game, but my point is, like, if you can avoid playing in a game, you avoid it. There is no reason to have to go down that road. And as you mentioned earlier, look, the Bengals just beat the Steelers. The gap between the Bengals and the Steelers is bigger than the gap between the Chargers and the Chiefs. And oh, by the way, the Chargers, that's a team that's a young team. That's a team that's got motivation. And it's a divisional game. They're gonna, you know, they hate the Chiefs. The Chiefs beat them every time they play them. They're gonna want to knock them out. Now, I don't think they would. I think the Chiefs beat them. But yeah, that, that all said um there's a there's a very realistic shot that by the time the Chiefs kick off that they're the number one seed I I'm not even going to get into it because there's so many scenarios in terms of strength and victory my understanding is that it if the Saints win on Friday and the and the Bucks win against the Lions on Saturday it basically clinches strength and victory but I don't I don't take that as gospel because I've already gone through a million of these scenarios and every time it get told well you know if If the Steelers tie the Colts, then, you know, so there's just a lot of, there's a lot of things out there, but yes, the Chiefs are in great position for sure.
0: Yeah, they really are. I played around with the playoff machine and you need good luck. The Chiefs could still lose both of their games, but there's so many because it comes down to a strength of victory thing. There's just like a weird things that can happen, but on the whole, the Chiefs are in such good position and we talked a little bit last week about rust that might happen and what do you do in the Chargers game. But I'm looking at the field and I want the Chiefs rested. The offensive line's banged up. You know, hopefully you're going to get Mitchell Schwartz back, give Clyde more time to rest. Hell, if you can sit Levy on, even better. Guy's 28 years old. Like, right. let Darrell Williams go out there, get some run, let Darwin Thompson get some run. And the other thing is, and this is why the Chiefs getting the number one seed is such a huge advantage. You look at you look at the Chiefs last year. They get to the AFC Championship game, and they have to go up against the scary Titans team, who had a better defense last year than they do this year. But Derrick Henry is a game wrecker. Tannehill has been playing really well this year, particularly as of late. You want the Titans to have to go th- through as many ga- games as possible. So if you're the Chiefs and you've got this one wrapped up by halftime, and you've got the number one seed, and you got you get two weeks off before you have to play anybody and they're out there, the Titans. And what did they do last season in the playoffs and down the stretch? Exactly what they're doing right now. They rode Derrick Henry into the ground. That guy was racking up huge numbers, got himself the rushing title. Everybody's worried. Oh man, you don't want to play the Titans in the play. They go in there, they knock off the Patriots, right? Scary stuff. I don't want to see the. I don't want to see the Titans if possible until the AFC championship game. Because now, I, I don't care. I don't care how great a shape Derrick Henry is in. That dude, they're going to run him into the ground in the playoffs because they have to, and he's going to be tired. And that's what you want, right? You want him having to have played three more games than, than, than your guys, than your defense, by the time you get to the AFC Championship game.
2: I'm a big believer in, yeah, the bye is great because you get an extra week off and you get the rest. But in a year like this, to me, the biggest advantage is you're the AFC. Who's the weak sister? Like some years you get in the playoffs, and yeah, okay, there's two or three teams like, eh. This is a really good conference. There are a lot of good teams. There's going to be a couple of good teams that don't even make the playoffs. Like, there are some really, really good teams. If you're the Chiefs, you only got to play two games now to get to the Super Bowl. Everybody else got to play three, and that is. A monster advantage. And it sounds obvious, but really think about it. Those teams, they got to win three games. And anybody who's going to play Kansas City has got to go to Kansas City and beat them. And they haven't had a bye in months. And the Chiefs, who now are home for the last two regular season games, then have a bye, they're going to be home for over a month by the time they play their first playoff game. That is an enormous advantage. They don't have to travel. They don't have to worry about all the COVID stuff. I mean, obviously, look, they got to be smart during their bye week and not go anywhere, not 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 you know mingle and and end up getting it. But the Chiefs have a huge advantage. Like think of like wild card weekend as a Chiefs fan, and I've thought a lot about this. You know how stressful that would have been if you're the two seed. You're getting you're getting Baltimore in the first round, or you're getting Indianapolis, or, or maybe even Tennessee. Who knows? Now. You're going to sit there like everybody keeps talking about, well could Cleveland beat the Chiefs? Could could Tennessee beat them? Could Indy beat them? Who cares? Half those teams are going to be knocked out before the Chiefs even play a playoff game. All those teams have to play. That's a huge advantage. Like you you're going to have a scenario where Pittsburgh plays Baltimore, Tennessee plays Cleveland, and Indianapolis plays whoever, I uh, Buffalo. You got three games where all those teams are good, three of those teams are gone. You don't even have to see them. It's a huge advantage to be home. And so, and the Chiefs have earned it 13 and one. That's talking. Like, I look, Pittsburgh was 11 and 0 at one point. And a lot of teams would have had a bad week. They would have lost. Pittsburgh would have had a bigger cushion. The Chiefs just won every single week and continued to put pressure on them. And Pittsburgh finally cracked. And, and now the Chiefs are going to reap the rewards of that.
0: Yeah, Pittsburgh. What the hell? That I mean, look. Credit the Bengals. They came out and played bully ball against against the Steelers with a guy, Ryan Finley, threw like seven passes or eight completed seven or eight passes or something in this game, and they Ridiculous. still beat them. And the Steelers got back in the game in the second half, and 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 they couldn't stop the Bengals who could not throw the ball, and Joe Mixon is hurt. So you got old man Giovanni Bernard out there, who all respect to him, right? Been around for a while. <laughs> and Ryan Finley, and, and you're, you're the number one seed is on the line, and you couldn't get up enough in the locker room. What's going on with their defense? We all know that Roethlisberger's toast, right? He's putting helium balls up all oh, over it's the all- place.
2: But, but what's going on with their defense? I just think they're overstressed. They're just cooked. Look, they're still very good defensively. I mean, part of that, let's be real. I mean, Pittsburgh had three turnovers in the first half of the game. They led to 17 points, but the Bengals ran the ball effectively on them. And the Steelers are built to bring pressure. That's what they do. And that's fine. If you're winning, if you're losing, it's harder to do that. You know, it reminds me a lot of the way Baltimore was last year in the sense that they had to play a specific way. Baltimore had to get up on you, run the ball down your throat, and they could blitz like crazy. Well, Pittsburgh, they don't, they can't, now they don't have the offense Baltimore had last year. Baltimore is better than Pittsburgh. But my my point is Pittsburgh has to play a specific way. And let's just put it out there. is done. Done. Capital letters. Like, I There's no like, oh, he's gonna have a renaissance. No, he's not. Maybe, maybe as an assistant coach in a few years. (laughs) He's not. His arm's done. He can't throw the ball 15 yards on a line. It's over. And any team watching them knows now. Oh, we'll just play. We'll just play short. Take away the quick pass. No run after the catch. Finite. There's no way they're they're moving the football because you can't run. They're the worst team in the league along with Atlanta running the football. So. You know, I just think Pittsburgh, like against the Colts this weekend, Indianapolis is good defensively. Pittsburgh's not going to score a lot of points. Now Maybe Pittsburgh finds a way. Maybe they win a low-scoring game, but that's how they're going to have to do it. I, I don't see any reason to think that Pittsburgh's going to all of a sudden find the fountain of youth. Look, offensively, everybody who is pro-Steelers just pointed out, well, they averaged 28 a game. It's because they led the league in takeaways. Yeah. I mean, I believe me. I've watched every snap of the Steelers this year. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say it a million times. They stink offensively. They cannot score points unless they have short fields. And guess what? The last couple of weeks, didn't have short fields. I was watching the game with my dad on Monday night. And we, we were talking about, you know, Finley had only thrown for like 80 yards or whatever it was in the game. And I said, you know what? The biggest thing that he did in this game, he didn't turn the ball over. Right. He did not make a huge mistake, and that's what kills Pittsburgh. If the Chiefs play them in the playoffs, I'll tell you right now, if Kansas City doesn't turn the ball over, they're winning the game. Period. End of story. Because Pittsburgh's not going to drive down the field on them over and over. It's just the way it is. I I could see a real scenario where Pittsburgh ends up as a wild card, where Indianapolis beats them, and the Browns just beat the Jets and then just beat the Steelers. The Steelers look yeah. shot right now. Absolutely the Browns, shot. The Browns, the Browns are, are, are going to beat
0: – the jets and and you've got to believe that they're pissed after losing that game to baltimore because they had it and it was a you know it was a really frustrating game for them pittsburgh the way they're playing right now they should lose to indianapolis they're capable of beating indianapolis but they should lose and if that happens and i hope it does that's going to be a fun game brown steelers that old rivalry reignited uh that was I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio as, as a lot of you guys know, and, and I grew up watching those Brown Steelers game on the side of the Browns. And um it would be really great for Cleveland, who has suffered through all of this crap with the team moving and then these terrible teams. But it would be really just cool for their fans to not only finally make the playoffs again and win the AFC North for the first time in a million years, but to do it by beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you could not write a better script. So Hopefully that's the way it goes and, and it crushes Pittsburgh's spirit heading into the playoffs. Um, I want one more note on Derek Henry because I've just been on this and everyone's on the Titans and the way they're running the ball. So he's got 321 carries so far this year. He only had 303 carries all of last season. So he's got two games to go and they need to keep winning and they've right. got tough matchups as well. So he's already at 321 carries. So, you know, he's, this is a guy who's, he gets, he gets anywhere from 20 to 30 carries a game in the playoffs last year, he carried the ball 79 times. So he had 382 carries last year and this year with the carries he has, he has 703 carries in the last two years with two games to go, plus the playoffs. How is he not toast if the chiefs see them in the, in the AFC championship game?
2: Uh, It's uh. It's incredible that he's still going the, at the rate he's going. He's unbelievable. He's not only the best running back in football, he's one of the best flat-out 10 players in football. It's yeah. insane. You know, I can leave my words on this. He could rush for 200 yards if she's the Chiefs. The Chiefs shut him down last year in the AFC title game, 16 carries for 69 yards. And I just – I feel like if Kansas City plays them – They'll put in Pinnell and Naughty and all the beef up front. Because the one thing is you can, you can kind of play them with your base and nickel. They're not going to put you in dime a lot. And I talked about that stat that I, I can't remember if it was Craig Stout or Nate Christian who both do a great job. But um, teams just do not run on the Chiefs when they're in base and nickel. They don't. The Chiefs are really good in those, subset, or in those sets. And I know it probably shocks people, but they're really, really good in base and nickel run defense. I actually think the Chiefs are a unique matchup problem for Tennessee because I don't think Tennessee run the ball effectively on them. And the Chiefs can guard Brown and Davis one-on-one with their corners. They can put Breland and Snead on them. The Chiefs are just a, a weird matchup. And Tennessee has the fewest sacks in the league, the worst pressure rate, they're the worst team defensively on third down in the NFL. Against Kansas City, that's a problem. That's a major problem. So... Every team has strengths and weaknesses, and I'm with you, Patrick. I don't look, I'm not lining up to get Derrick Henry in the playoffs, but I, I do think the Chiefs present problems. Like, I'll give you the team that I think is it's, it's a bigger issue. If I'm Buffalo, I don't want to see Tennessee because if they got to go up to Buffalo, that like, and, and they get a real bad weather game up there, you're just getting Henry over and over, and their run defense has not been particularly good. Uh, they don't have two really good corners, they have White, who's excellent. They, that is a matchup, and they don't get a pass rush either. Um, I, I could see the Titans being a major problem for Buffalo. Now, the flip side of that is, of course, th- still the defense is an issue. Um, but Tennessee also plowed Buffalo earlier in the year. Does it matter? You can make your arguments. But I think Tennessee is a weird team. They're unique. They're very good offensively. They're really bad defensively. But they have that running back that most teams in the league this, this, time, of, you know, this time in uh, NFL history don't. Most teams go to a two-back system. Not, not Tennessee.
0: Yeah. Henry's got over 1600 rushing yards. They play at green Bay this week. So he may not be able to get a lot of ground time there if they're behind. And then the last week of the season, they play at Houston. The last time that the Titans oh my played guys, at Houston, yards. <laughs> Henry ran for 212 yards uh, back on October 18th in an overtime wow. game. So I don't, it's look, he's, probably not going to rush for 200 yards two weeks in a row and, and break 2000 yards but if he has a really good game against Green Bay like say he goes for 150 175 right look out in week Always 17 yeah oh, <laughs> that could be pretty fascinating and fun to watch he i i love watching him play he he looks like he just looks like I, like the like he doesn't look like he belongs on the field with everybody else is certainly playing running back He's like, oh, what, 6'3", 247? I mean, phew, try tackling him. Um, all right, it's time for us to give you our score predictions for this game, and then we're going to go eat Christmas cookies. So um, i got to write this down. I'm just going to put it on the notepad here. All right, Verder, I want you to kick us off. What's your uh, what's your score prediction in this one?
2: 37-22, to and I don't think it's that close. Wow. Um, oh. I think the Chiefs are going to put it on them pretty good in this game. I just don't think Atlanta can stop them. I really don't. I really think if Kansas City comes out in this game and is like, you know what, Effie, we're throwing 45 times, I think Mahomes will complete 38 of them. They can't get pressure, and they can't blitz the Chiefs. That's just a suicide mission with their secondary. So I just think you're going to see a lot of you know, five-yard passes to turn to 20-yard gains. I went over the yards after catch stuff in the air you' I just, I don't think they can stop them. They're an indoor team. that has got to come out and play in cold weather on the road in a game that means nothing to them. I think the Falcons come out with a little motivation in the sense that they don't want to get blown out and they know if they play like crap, they're, they're going to get blown out. But, you know, we've heard a lot recently about the chiefs and well, you know, they're winning all these games. These are really close games. Should we be concerned about it? I think there's arguments for both sides of that. I do not think this week's going to be close. I think they will cover this week. I think they will win. Uh, And I think by about the middle of the third quarter, this game will be uh, in the bag. I love it. I hope you're right. I've got
0: it. Chiefs 30, Falcons 20. So I've got the Falcons covering. Um, I just think that given the offense – Chiefs maybe get up early. Falcons manage to you know get a late score and cover. I, I think you definitely want the over in this game uh, at over under 54, even though I just told you that my final score prediction is 30 to 20. I do think that uh, there's a really good chance that the scoreboard gets lit up in this one, but I'm going to stick with it. 30 to 20, but don't, don't trust my betting advice. Uh, you don't want to do that. Although, Verder, I did win some money playing craps online. The other day, um, nice. You know, I was just—I uh, was actually—I won like a hundred bucks betting on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl last year. And I was taking the day off, and I was bored, and I started playing craps. And I got up like a hundred bucks a couple of times, and then was like down. And I was like, eh, you know, I'm just—I'm just, I'm just going to entertain myself. I, if you're not familiar with craps, it's a game you can play for a long time if, if you bet right, just because the odds aren't crazy out of your favor. Um, and uh, after dinner, I played for half an hour. $500 as up 500 bucks cashed out. Oh, yeah. You. Merry Christmas to me. Um, that, that's a game. I don't know if you've ever played craps. It's a lot of fun.
2: I haven't, you know, I, I'm more of a, I'm more of a blackjack guy. You know, if I, if I go oh, to man. a casino, I love blackjack. I've had some success with it in the past. Uh, I also love poker, but I don't, I don't play it enough to really like, really get into it but i you know if i'm hanging out with the guys and we want to play a little you know no limit or something we'll play uh also and i know it's just a total luck game but i just enjoy it roulette big fan
0: roulette is a lot of fun just throw a bunch of chips down all over the place yeah it's chaos you get. yeah yeah it is there
2: was uh, is i went to game. a casino uh two summers ago one opened up for, like 20 minutes from my parents house a huge resort beautiful place and i went um and one of the buddy of mine, and you know, we were, we were actually up like three, 400 bucks and we ended up, I'll just spoil this. We ended up broke in the food court, but that's okay. We went there with money we could lose. We had a good time. Um, and we were playing roulette and we we're a whatever it was, you know, 25 bucks a, a shot. I mean, not, nothing insane. Some guy comes up, swear to God, puts down $5,000 on like one number. Puts, I think it was like 36 or something. And we and like like the person who was in charge, like the casino employee who was rolling the ball is like ah, uh, are you sure? He's like, yep. And they rolled it, and oh, he, it, you know, I didn't win or whatever. The guy's like, ah, screw it. And I, <laughs> oh my god, like dude. I can't even imagine how rich that dude must have been. I was right. like, that is just couldn't have cared any less. It was like me losing like twenty five cents.
0: At least put it down on black or red. Like, what are you doing? Like
2: <laughs> the payout, he would have won something like
0: astronomical.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, just like plus thirty six or whatever. So it would have been a yeah. hundred and ninety or whatever. It was. It would have been outrageous. Good God, could have cared any less? It's totally fine with it. It's just, like yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, if if anybody from the IRS is listening. Uh, that, that bit about that, that stuff about me and winning money, playing craps. I just, that was, I was just for energy. I was, I didn't actually win any money. Uh, just, a uh, go I'm, a I'm a pathological liar. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, listen, everybody, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Make sure you leave us those reviews over at Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. He's at, at Matt Verderam. I'm at, at R. Patrick Allen and follow at Arrowhead Addict and uh have a have a merry christmas happy hanukkah whatever it is you're celebrating if you're celebrating everything this holiday season uh i really hope you and your families have uh, just a really blessed week and a a safe and healthy week and a nice ending to the year it's been um it's been a rough year for a lot of people so we're thinking of you all out there and we hope that our little podcast here talking chiefs and and peanut butter cookies and gambling and whatever else we come up with uh keeps you uh entertained or is maybe giving you a small respite if you've if you've had a tough time out there um further any 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 holiday messages for for the listeners out there before we get out of
2: here nice said it well said it well uh enjoy it happy holidays uh you know stay safe and and hopefully you get the the gifts you want
0: yeah absolutely we'll see y'all on sunday to celebrate the chiefs going 14 and one that's not something that happens very often in fact i We'll have to it's look up when happened. the last never, never never happened.
2: they've never they've never they were never even twelve and one
0: ever, wow that's incredible and they have they just completed the greatest they went eight and zero on the road a little bit different scenario with the no fans but uh, I believe I heard Nick Wright saying it's the greatest road season of any team in NFL history
2: it is it is so they uh, they've beaten what four teams that are currently in the playoffs and Baltimore
0: that's nuts they're good they're really really good. So make sure you've got that perspective as you're uh, opening your presents this week. Uh, You've got one that's not going to come in a nice package, but it's going to come in. uh, Well, maybe if you got Sunday ticket package, but it's going to come to you most Sundays. Uh, It's called the Kansas City Chiefs of Patrick Mahomes. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays. We'll see you on Sunday. And as always, go Chiefs.